0: You got...
1: you pray with me God thank you for the time we just had to sing to you to lift you up to worship you Lord we love you we thank you for loving us and forgiving us your son Jesus Christ in whose awesome name we all pray Amen Morning Crossroads person behind you side of you next to you high five shake your hand side hug whatever works we're glad you guys are here church. Good morning, all five of you. Good morning. Hey, I like that. That's good. So good to be with you guys. And uh, got some really cool things that are coming up. And if you look in your bulletin on the right side towards the bottom, there's a list of upcoming save the dates. And so we're going to keep uh, keep this updated and just Make sure that you know what's coming up as far out ahead as we can as we can be, and so make sure you check that and, and for what's upcoming um, here at Crossroads. Lots of really exciting things coming up. Egg hunt. Um, I think even the picnic. The dates are on there because Cindy Loudon is knocking that out of the park, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun. I'm looking forward to everything that's coming up here. One thing that we have that we want to highlight this morning, as you pass the friendship folders. Uh, I just want to share with you that we have a really um, great resource that we're going to make available to you all. um, It's a class. And so this class is going to be... I guess it's for available for everybody, but not everybody can go, right? But it's going to be a class that's going to be on the 15th of March, and it's going to be during the 11 o'clock hour, and Audie Eddy is going to be teaching that class. It's called Financial Peace University, and I've invited him to come and share a little bit about the class. Um, before he comes, would you guys watch this
0: short video? What would happen if the people
2: of God started handling money God's ways?
0: Too hard to get to the end of your life and have nothing to show for it.
3: This is my family's legacy that I'm talking about here. I've got to have a plan and be focused.
1: That knowledge that you pass down to your kids, that is how you change
3: a family tree. You change your life when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you have that moment where you say, I had it. I am not going to live like this anymore. morning. Uh, My name's Audie. I I said before, uh, it's like the car, if you're not familiar with that, similar to that. Um, You know, I hope that that, uh, video and hopefully in the next few weeks you'll be seeing some promotional videos and I hope that gets you fired up, you know, as much as it gets me fired up. We've done this class before. It's it's not just one class, but it is a, I believe it's a nine-week course, um, you know, that uh, again, it just kind of goes over. Uh, you know, so a plan for your money. Uh, who is this class for? I mean, it's it's for people that might be struggling financially, uh, might not be. I mean, you might be doing fine, but it gives you a plan for your money. It's for for uh, younger couples, it's for older couples. Um, you know, that's uh, you know, kind of. I I I think about it as I've, I've done it before, gone through it, and and, and have uh, uh, been familiar with Dave Ramsey. If, if anybody's familiar with that, um, of, you know, for. Past 20 years, um, if you're not, you know, I'd encourage you to go on the website. He does have a radio show as well that he does on the AM station. I think in the evenings during the week, um, you know, but I think it, it's a class that it can change your life. You know, gives you a plan for money. Um, you know, in this society that we have, there's you know a lot of uh, younger couples coming out of school. You know, they they're dealing with uh, student loans. You know, you have uh, car payments. Um, you know, house payments credit card debt. I mean, it shows you a way, you know, the ultimate goal of, of this um, program is to get you out of debt. Um, like I said, it, it, it can be life-changing. And it, it's, a. Uh, you know, if you have any questions, you can always ask me. I don't know if I, earlier Jim Wyckoff, I'm, I don't know if he's in here this today um you know he he bounced off me and he said you know if if you need anybody to that i can talk to, to he's been through the course um just to kind of give you an idea of what it is but you know i want you you know think about it like i said we don't start for about a month but you know i want to leave you one thing i mean you know imagine if you were debt free if you had no payments no car payments no house payment you know no student loan payments what you would be able to do you know not only giving but helping others um you know that's, I mean, it is again to get you out of debt, but it, it's it's uh, a biblical-based um, plan. So uh, encourage you to think about it. And uh, like I said, if I'll be around, or oh, I won't be around. It's after service, but uh, I'll be around anytime you see. You know, you can always uh, check with me or check on the website and uh, stop me if you ever have any questions about that. Thank you. Oh, That's great. Thanks, Audie. One more thing. For, I forgot again. <laughs> the, game, so the only downside is that yeah, the, the class does cost $99. That includes, a, a, you know, you get a membership pack. Um, you know, there's a booklet and different things that go along with it. Um, you know, it's, it seems kind of counterintuitive that you're trying to get out of debt, but you got to pay $100 to take the class. But it does give you a, is telling me, gives you a lifetime membership to, you know, to the website and, you know, the, the resources on that website.
1: So, but there is that uh, upfront initial cost so thanks saudi yeah if you guys go to the front page of our website there'll, there'll be a little uh, card little page you can click on and then on that page there's a bunch of information about the different sessions on there there's a couple videos on there um it explains a little more in depth of what the class actually uh, contains Um, and it's a tremendous resource. And so, um, you can go to our website, C R S M I N or crossroads ministries.com. And it's right on the front page, more information, as well as you can register for that class on the front page of our website. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward as we receive our morning offering other things that are coming up ladies paint night happening on the 6th of March, um, this Friday and Saturday is the marriage conference happening, uh, the 21st and 22nd. As well, um, happening towards the end of March is March Madness. So Sean Triplo is going to be in the lobby. Students, if you want to get signed up for March Madness, he will be in the lobby to talk to you about the event. But it's an overnight event. It's an awesome event and uh, more details to come. But if you guys want to register your students and students you want to get registered, you can talk to Sean Triplo in the lobby right after the service. He will be there to meet you. He's excited. It's going to be a good event. Let's go before the Lord as we continue on this morning lord we love you thankful uh, for your word thankful for just the songs that we were able to to sing um god to just to give us just a tiny uh opportunity uh, god just to give back to you all that you give to us um and lord we we've sung to you we've um, spent time just here just talking about the different resources that we're making available you know for a class and we're talking about events and god we do all these things because we want to grow together as we walk closer with you jesus and so father capture our heart through your word this morning just speak to us and only the way that you can and lord as we give now i pray that we would um, just recognize that we're given to a mission that is life-changing. That is the mission of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we thank you so very much for loving us and and ask all things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. We all said, Amen.
2: So today we start a new series entitled Some Assembly Required. And uh, as you think about this, any, any of you like to shop at Ikea? Anybody like Ikea? A few people out there. You know, you go out there and you, you look at something that's so nice and, and you see it all put together. And then when you get home, you get the directions on how to put it together. Did you ever notice that? Look at this here. Look at this first one. You, you, you ever ever open up something like this? There's not a word of English on it. Actually, there's no words on it. Did you notice that? There's no words on it. Now I'll just put this screw here and put this, and it'll just work out fine. How many times does it ever work out fine? It just doesn't, right? Go to the next one here, <clears throat> and, uh, and here it is. You now this is a little bit more complicated. You're getting a, uh, a TV stand or whatever, and, and you're just uh, so excited. You're, you're out there, you bought it, and you can't wait to uh, see what it's going to look like, because on the showroom floor it looked incredible. And so you come home and you take all this time and you put it together and, you know, you love that little Allen wrench that they give you, you know, and and you're putting that out. You're using that little Allen wrench and you're saying wonderful things that you shouldn't say as you're putting it together. Right. And and you're you're just like beside yourself because this is so hard to put this stuff together, but you keep putting it together. Why? Because you paid money for it. Because you know what the end product is going to look like, you know that there's something of value, and uh, but you got to take the time and you have to put this thing together. Well, that's what what uh, many of our areas of our life are like. We're going to spend a few weeks talking about a few areas of our life that require some assembly. Uh, God's given us all the wisdom and He's given us the manual for for the assembly. But you know, one of those great areas of our life is that of marriage and your family. And, you know, um, nobody understood this, but marriage and family have some assembly required. You know, you have to work. You have to put it together. This Friday was Valentine's Day. Love was in the air, wasn't it? Or was that just the smell of steak? I don't know. But there was something in the air, right? Restaurants were packed out. It was an incredible day. And, you know, people were spending all kind of money on a great meal out. and uh, and, and as you consider it, I want you to know that there's a verse in the Bible that talks about a little bit of that wonder. Check this out. Proverbs 30, verse 18 and 19 says that there are three things that amaze me. No, four things that I don't understand. I love the poetic form that the, that the author uses here. He's saying, listen, there's, there's just a number of things I don't understand about this world. One, how an eagle flies through the sky. Oh, man, isn't that incredible? You see an eagle flying. It's just like, wow, how God made that eagle. And, and it's, just, it's just a wonder. How a snake slithers on a rock. You know, there's no feet to a snake. How how does a snake slither and go? How a ship navigates the ocean. And then the fourth one, how a man loves a woman. How a man loves a woman. Man, doesn't it mind you that song? When a man loves a woman, can't keep his mind on nothing else, right? Somebody told me that somebody else recorded it. I should listen to their recording, so... But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, doesn't that remind you of that? Like, and I'm reading this. I'm like, in the book of Proverbs, he says, "Listen, this is this is like one of the the crazy things about life is how a man loves a woman." And, you know, when you think about how a man loves a woman, uh, it's one of those things that we don't totally understand. Because when a man a man can be totally normal, and then he then he falls in love with a woman and he does crazy things. He starts to say things like, "I love you." he 's never said that in his entire life. now he says, "I love you um, he, he starts to to act differently. He starts to comb his hair again i don 't know all kind of things happen right um, i 'll never forget whenever I was younger and, and dating Ron and I were dating i had uh, I had one on a trip and i I went and I made a, a a tape it was a vhs tape that's i 'm dating ourselves now right but that I made this videotape because I was going away on a on a uh, conference for the church, and so I was we were going to be away for a whole three days from each other, right? So I made this videotape. I went down into my basement, and I'll never forget. I, on the washing machine, I took this big camera. Remember those cameras that were like this big, you know? I sat it on there, and I hit record, and I jumped in front of it, and I made this beautiful, beautiful poem or whatever for her. And I went out and I put it in her VHS uh, in her player so that whenever I, la- after I was gone, she could, she could watch this thing and just be so in awe of the wonder that I am. Right? So, so she, she had this, uh, this videotape and I pray that it never shows up on the big screen here. I'll just tell you that it, it, it's, I'm thanking God for technology that is outdated because somebody will never be able to find that. And, and I think my kids watched it once and they were like, Oh dad, you are nuts. Okay. But this is what happens when I'm man loves a woman he does he he, get, he gets he gets a little nuts. He he starts to say things and he starts to communicate and, and it's like wow we don't realize how powerful that, that bond is. And then I want you to think now with me about marriage because marriage I think is really something hard to understand, isn't it? I haven't figured marriage totally out. I haven't totally figured out marriage and neither have you. If you have you're gonna, it'll surprise you on the way home today, right? Um, marriage is not something that uh, there are no experts that have got it figured out. There are only people that have been at it a little longer and, and, and are starting to grow and they understand it. This weekend, we're going to spend uh, Friday evening and all day Saturday the art of marriage. We're going to be out at that Crown Plaza Hotel. You still want to sign up? Go to the website. We'd love to have you. It's going to be a good time. But we're going to focus in on our marriages and look and, and, and pay attention to them. But check this out. Hebrews 13.4 says that marriage is honorable for all. Marriage is honorable to everybody. So whether you are single or married, God's Word says that we are to honor marriage. Like, when you see somebody that's married, that's an honorable thing. You should honor that. You should ha- have respect for the married person, have respect for married people, have respect for this whole institution of marriage and the family. And the Bible says that, that, that it was given by God. Like, God gave us this institution. And, he, and, and God, it, God gave everyone this opportunity to honor marriage. Like, you may not be married but you have the ability to honor marriage. You honor those that are married, and you respect marriage. You know, society, the world we live in today, no longer respects marriage. It's just not, uh, not like it was 25 years ago, 27 years ago when I was getting married. I could probably went out and ask the number of people on the street what they thought about marriage, and they would give me some basic purposes. They would understand what marriage was. But today, it's, uh, it's kind of the opposite. Many people use words like, it's irrelevant. People will say that it's archaic. Who needs to get married? Um, They they dismiss it. Uh, Nobody needs to really get married today. Just live together, and the list goes on and on. Uh, The demand—it's demanded. uh, It's demeaned. I'm sorry. It's demeaned by many people. They they uh, they don't demand it. They demean it. It's uh, they say it's a career buster. You're getting married. Oh well, there goes your career. Uh, Marriage is delayed by many people. They don't see the necessity. To be married. Well, if we can just have what we want to have, we don't need to get married. They say that uh, marriage is redefined today. People are re- trying to redefine the whole definition of marriage. It's ridiculed. People are mocking marriage, mocking married people. Uh, it's being demeaned, it's being denounced, it's being discouraged. We, we don't live in a culture today where marriage is honored by anyone, by, by everyone anymore. And so what has happened is we've gotten a slowly a, a looser feel, and many people have denounced and discouraged this marriage in our culture. But the problem is that nobody really understands what marriage is all about today. They don't understand the basic. Many people say, well, it's just a lifestyle choice. Well, no, it's not just a lifestyle choice. It's far more important than you realize. And whenever, whether you're married or not today, um, it, you've got to understand like marriage was an essential part of God's creation. Like God created us and He, and he put us all to, put us together and He put marriage as part of that. And so it is essential. And so today, um, it's, it's not the, uh, the view that our popular culture has. The popular culture in our country and in our world is very lax in regards to marriage. But I want you to understand this morning that, that because many people don't get it right, because many people don't understand the, uh, the reality, the, the, uh, the ideals that God gave us in marriage, because they don't ex- uh, experience that, does not mean that God's ideals are not possible. It does not mean that, uh, that marriage is not important. The reality is that marriage won't solve all your problems. Did you know that? Marriage won't solve all your problems. Uh, let me say it like this. Marriage won't solve any of your problems. As a matter of fact, it will magnify your problems. Marriage is a a magnifier of some of the problems. Uh, Somebody once said, I didn't have any problems until I got married. Oh, no, 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 no. That's wrong. Marriage just magnified your problem. If you're a cranky person and you got married, she's going to magnify that for you. She's going to help you to understand that. She will let you know about that. If you're a perfectionist... um, your spouse will let you know that you're a perfectionist. That, 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 that will come across. If you're fearful, insecure, and filled with worry, uh, that will be magnified in marriage. marriage. Marriages don't create problems. They don't solve problems. They just show up. Problems just show up in marriages like in no other relationship because it's the most intimate. And so you can see where these problems are coming from. And they're coming from with our own self. And then when we put this together in marriage, we, we, we have collisions. And so marriage won't solve any problems. And I want you to catch this, that marriage is not a picnic. If we can help people to understand, God's design for marriage is not that this is a picnic. This is not a picnic. Uh, Marriage is, is designed by God and has a basic function. And what is the basic function of marriage? God created marriage for the connection of a man and a woman. Would you read that with me off the screen? For God, I think it's come there. For God created marriage for the connection of men and women. Like, this is why marriage, why God invented it. This was not some society uh, that that came out. Well, this was not some civilization. This was God's plan. And the marriage, marriage was designed by God, and it was not designed to be this picnic all the time, this, uh, this picture of bliss. And you know what? I think bliss is part of it, but that's not all of it. There's so much more to marriage than bliss so much more to marriage than valentine's day there, the, this is like the depths of life come in whenever you understand what what marriage is all about and when you understand that it's god's design and it's god's design for a man and a woman as they go through life now as we as we plow into this i want to remind you over in first corinthians uh the apostle paul said this he said that some have the gift of marriage and others have the gift of singleness Some have the gift of marriage. Others have the gift of singleness. So today, everyone has a gift. And may I say this, you are a gift. You are a gift from God. Would you turn to the person next to you and say, you are a gift from God. Go ahead. You are a gift from God. Married or single, you are a gift from God. Yeah, my wife tells me that every morning. Honey, you're a gift from God, right? I'm her gift from God, right? So, uh... But I want you to understand that because the very basic of this discussion, whether you are married or single, God has given you that gift today. So being single is not less than being married. Amen. God has has a plan for your life and and whatever he's working today, you have that gift. And uh, and I remember whenever I had the gift of singleness and I remember the day that I started the gift of marriage. And those were two major different days in my life. But uh, but I do know that both of them are a gift from God. Now let's look here about the connection of a man and woman. This is how God decided to connect man and woman. Genesis 2.18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. I'll make a helper who is suitable for him. Marriage is... Is given by God. This was God's design. This was God's plan. He didn't. Uh, he, he said that it is not good for man to be alone. Now, catch this. He went through and he made creation. He made, made you know, all this other creation. Then he comes to man and he sits there and he says, "It's not good that man is alone." It wasn't like he forgot. Like God didn't say, "Oh man, I forgot. I should have made an Eve." You know, I, I, I have Adam, but where, where's my Eve? I forgot about that. No, no, no. God had a plan and he was, he was unfolding his plan. So, you know, on the first day you see the heavens and the earth, you see the waters, you see night and day, you see the animals. And he, he comes Adam and he says, it's not good that, that man is alone. Like this was how God said that man and women were going to live together. And this is how he was going to deal with that human relational need that we need uh, is to put a man and a, a man and woman together. Verse 19, so the Lord God formed from all the ground of all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. So here he is, he's coming, and here comes two zebras, and he says, okay, he names the zebras. And he's noticing there's male and there's female. Verse 20, he gave names to all the livestock, to all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals, but there was no helper just right for him, no suitable helper for Adam. And so he's like, wait a minute, here's, here's two zebras, here's two hippopotamus, here's two goats. And he's saying, man, I'm by myself. Like, how did this happen? These, all, all this creation around me. And so, so he's by himself. And so what God did was God allowed him to see his need. Even early on, like God gave him the task. and You know, sometimes God will give us something to do. And as you're doing it, he's going to reveal to you some of your need for him. And and so God has revealed here the need. And you know what the need was for God to be his provider? Like God stepped in here from the very beginning and says, I'm going to provide, and I'm going to provide Adam with a suitable helper. I'm going to provide Adam with a wife. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. This was God's first anesthesia, the very first surgery, you know? UPMC thought they were ahead of the game, right? But this was the very first anesthesia. God says, all right, you're going to sleep. I'm going to open up your side." Now, just imagine the God of the universe operating on you. I think I'd be the only person I want to operate on me, amen? You know, But I realize we've got to have surgeries, right? But anyhow, so God opens up this wound takes this rib out of him, closes him back up. Then the Lord God, verse 22, made a woman from that rib, and he brought her to the men. Now, very interesting that out of all the other creation, God didn't come over to a goat and say, let me take a, a rib from a goat and make another goat. For human relationships, he starts with men, and he opens up the man and takes a rib out and he puts this in and makes a woman from that very rib. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. And at last the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone. In other words, he's looking and he's saying, I saw all those other animals and I saw that there was multiple. And finally, this one is like me, bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh and she shall be called Woe, man and he looks at the very first woman and he is amazed could you imagine what Adam was like whoa that is the first one and imagine what Eve looked at she looked at Adam said oh man wow sorry get a little too overwhelmed up here right Bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from a man. From the man. So so listen, in Hebrew, these words, the word for man, and this is very powerful, is ish. So the word there is ish, and the word for woman is Isha. Ish and Isha. So catch that, ish. And Esau. So as he gets, as, he, as, he, as, he, as God gives it, he's saying, look, this is so much. Like, men, we respect the women. We respect the women in our life. We respect our wives. Why? Because they came from us. And when you hurt your wife, you hurt yourself. Amen. When you hurt your spouse, you hurt yourself. And so the very reason for respect for, for women is because they came from us men. We have to understand that God opened this up, opened up Adam, and this is the way, it, uh, the way that it worked. You talk to people today about companions, and many companions are important in life, but there's no other companion that's as important as a husband and wife. And when God laid this down here, I want you to see what he said over in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, he says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and will be united. Jesus, this was Jesus' words. They're talking to him about marriage. And Jesus responds, he says, For this reason a man will, be, uh, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. No longer two, but one. What God has joined together, let no man... Tear Apart, you know what Jesus was teaching about marriage he 's teaching three basic things and, and and I think our world has become so relaxed around these, but for you as a Christ follower, I want to take you to, to what God teaches about marriage. Number one, marriage is god 's plan that he says, listen, for this reason, God is the one who gave the reason for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother be united to his wife. The second thing he says. That marriage is between a man and a woman. Like this is how God designed it. He designed a man and a woman to be married. That was God's plan. It fits. It works. This is how God designed it. And it's permanent. The thing that it says about about marriage, it says, What God has joined together, let no man separate. And so, as, as we as we walk through life, we can see the, the 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 ups and downs of life, and and maybe your experience has not been that. Your experience has been has been uh, trials in marriage. Your your experience has been um, not permanent. Maybe your experience has been less than enjoyable experience. But I want you to catch this this morning that what God is talking about here is His plan. It's His ideal. And the things that have happened yesterday in your life, you can't go back there. That's yesterday. I'm talking about your relationships from today forward. God says, if you are in Christ, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who belong to Jesus Christ. So what has happened is over. You have today, and you can only work on today. You you may have tomorrow, but we only have today. People don't understand the truth of God's design. They look at, uh, they don't understand because the ideal has not met up to their expectations. You know, when you made your wedding vows and, uh, and you had those vows, the traditional vows always said for better or, or worse, for richer or poorer. And quite often whenever I'm doing a, uh, a wedding rehearsal, I will do it like this, for better or for worse, for poorer or poorer, poorer, or poorer or poorer. We're poorer, poorer. Uh, because you know what happens on that day? You're not thinking about that, are you? You're thinking about it's going to get better. And, and what, what, what we come to understand is that marriage is not about a blissful moment. It's not about everything is always happy. It is about God has given me this relationship and I get to work through life with this person together. You know, many people will base their marriages on beauty. But may I share with you that beauty will fade. It does. I mean, the uh, the, uh, the book of Proverbs talks about it. Ecclesiastes talks about how beauty will fade. In the first service, I said, beauty will fade unless you're Mary Ann Mickett, right? <laughs> Mary Ann Mickett is, uh, you know, she, she's been at that door and she's been smiling and happy for 40 years standing out there. I said, she's like the the timeless... Ageless person out there. She's just a wonderful person. But I I want you to know that the reality is what we look like at 25 and 30, we will not look like that at 40 and 50 and 60 and 70. Um, Follicly challenged. It happens to many of us. It's a private problem, right? So follicly challenged, right? It just shows up everywhere. Um, We fade. We fade. And so if we make our commitment based upon what I can see, It will be short-lived. And God says, listen, marriage is about this enduring. It's about a lifetime together. It's about living your life. It's not I love you if. It's not I love you if because it's got to be I love you. And and how to have a great marriage. How do we have a great marriage? So today I want to give you some principles. And if you're single, take these principles and apply them. If, uh, if you're, you're, you're single and maybe you're thinking about getting married, apply them to your f- relationship. If you um, are, are married, apply this to your relationship. God continues here and he shows us how to have a great marriage, all right? Look what he says here in verse 24, Genesis 2:24. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This reason, this is what God did. Because man was made from a woman. This was God's plan. He says, I want man to leave his mom and dad. And and he becomes joined to his wife and becomes one. And then verse 25, now the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. And so this was before sin entered the world. God laid out the plan. And and I love it that marriage was into, into the world before sin entered the world. And and so they they um, they felt no shame. They're together. What he's talking about in verse twenty four is the law of priority, the law of priority. Whenever a man leaves his mother and father and goes to his wife, he, he leaves his wife. He cleaves to. Uh, he leaves his mother and father and cleaves to his wife. What happens is before you were married, your most important relationship in your life would have been. Probably your parents. You would have had the strongest bond, the strongest tie there. But when a man leaves his mom and dad, the, 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 the Hebrew word there is it means to loosen, to relinquish. It does not mean to abandon. It means that he leaves mom and dad and he comes over to his wife and he now has a new priority. So the law of priority is this he has a new priority. His family, his mom and dad are not abandoned. It is now that he has a new priority in his life. And so God designed marriage to operate here, and I'm going to share this with you, to operate as the second most important priority in your life. Many people will say that marriage should be the number one priority in your life. But I want you to catch this. God is looking for us in the successful family, successful uh, marriage relationships will build and into build relationships around Christ centered. Build Christ centered relationships. All right? And I want you to, to think about that because if we come and we start to put Christ centered, like, what does it mean if Christ is at the center of my relationship? Your marriage is going to be centered around something. Many people center the relationship their marriages around around their kids. Like you can you can start start making your life around your kids and that happens because once your kids once you start having kids, they eat up a lot of time, don't they? And they eat up even more money, and eat up a ton of food, right? I mean, it's, why? Because you have something you have a legit you you are concerned, but a Christ centered relationship. Now look at this diagram I'm going to throw up here this morning, the, this diagram here. There's something at the center of everyone's life, and so. You have to have a Christ-centered life. And I want to encourage everyone here, married or single, have a Christ-centered life. Because that is what you need to take into a marriage is a Christ-centered life. And if I go into a marriage with me at the center, many people will put themselves at the center. And so they make all decisions based upon if they like it, if it makes me feel good, if, 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 if. Okay? But whenever I come and I have, the, uh, I have Jesus at the center... Now, that changes everything about my decisions. Because look here, beyond the center becomes your values and beliefs. So if I believe, if I have myself at the center, and I'm saying my comfort is, is at the center, that impacts my values. So therefore, my values and beliefs become I will do everything that will impact my actions and decisions. I will only make decisions that make me feel comfortable and make me happy and make me, 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 me. And that will limit my influence and my impact. But if I put Jesus at the center, look at how that influences my values. Look at what, what does that do to my belief. I believe that I now am a child of God. There is no condemnation given to me because I belong to Christ. Romans 8.1. Amen? So this is what God is saying here. If Jesus at the center. So as you go into a relationship... Whether you're dating or married, you've got to go into this relationship. You have to keep Christ at your center. And ideally, you want to have two married people that come together with Jesus at the center. Because as I said, many people will make their kids. You can make your kids, absolutely can make your kids the center of your relationship. You can make your kids the center of your world. I'm only happy if my kids are happy. I'm only happy as long as things are going good. And what happens, and listen, this is really the real deal out there, isn't it? Like, as you look at people that are raising kids and they're going through this, you know, my kid's in all these sports and my kids has got to get good grades and my kid, my kid, my kid. And so what happens is I'm only as happy as my kids are. And I'll share with you, man, when my kids are not happy, I'm not happy. But they're not the center of my world. My kids have a, a priority. They are on my priority list, but they are not the center. And, and uh, you know, you, you've heard that statement before. I've said it, happy wife, happy life, right? Uh, there's a little bit of truth there, right? I mean, it kind of helps. But, but I'll tell you what. I don't live... I, if I put my wife at the center, I can't live up to her expectations. What? Yeah, you can't live up to your wife's expectations. Any guys say men out there? I mean, gee, you guys are really quiet on this subject, right? <laughs> there it is. Come on. You can't. And listen, there's no, no husband that can live up to the wife's expectations. And vice versa. No wife can live up to the husband's expectations. I'm just all confused right now. But we can't live up to each other's expectations. Did you catch that? Now, if Jesus is at my center, I am okay if I didn't. Live up to my wife's expectations. Wow. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm in it. That doesn't mean that I am in that does not mean that i do not care. It means that I have a higher source for my joy than if my wife is happy. Your wife, your spouse, your husband is not going to be the barometer of who you are. It's got to be from Jesus. And, and check this out. When Jesus is at the center... I now have something that I can give to my wife. I now have something I can give to my kids. I now have something that will change. So the question is, what's at your center? Who's at the center for you? Is, uh, is, what is at your center? Is, is, it, is it you? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it uh, is your schooling? Your, 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 your fame? Whatever. You, you can put whatever in there. But we've got to get to Jesus. And I want to encourage you today... You say, "Well, I've been really struggling with that." Well, this is the struggle we're going to have till the day we die. Like, is Jesus at the center? And what does God say to do? You know, as we get two two people come together, and ideally, we want to be on the same page. You look through through the New Testament; it tells us that we don't <laughs> we don't run from it. We keep living it. We keep going to Jesus. Like He died on the cross; He paid for our sin. So when there's trouble at home, I keep living Jesus out. And so if you have a spouse that's not on the same page spiritually, you you just keep living Jesus out there because that's what God said to do. And it's so powerful because God says this is the plan. Like you keep putting Jesus at the center. And you don't put other things at the center. It's easy to come and, and, and have your values and beliefs change because you want that kid happy. You want that person happy. And so what's at the center for you? What is the influence? What is your impact into the world? How will it be changed whenever you put God at the center? Um, Matthew 22, Jesus said this. Uh, They came to him and they said, Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? What is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He didn't say that you would feel happy. He didn't say that you would feel good. He didn't say that you would be pain-free. He said the most important commandment is that you'll love God with everything you have. This, verse 38, this is the first and greatest commandment. And then he says the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. In a Christ-centered marriage, Jesus is your one. Your spouse becomes your two you ever heard anybody, a single person, say, I finally met the one. I met the one. That's always a scary statement, isn't it? I met the one. May I remind you, single people in the room this morning, that one is a whole number. You don't need anybody else to complete you. You need Jesus to complete you. Amen? And that's it. So when you go and you find that person that you're ready to marry, don't tell me you found the one. Tell me you found the two, okay? You found the two because God is number one. He fills your life. He is, uh, this spouse will be your number two. You've heard people say that the honeymoon is over. Oh, I hate that statement, don't you? But I understand what it means. It means that it's not all this giddiness, you know? Like when you first got married, it's like,
0: ooh, 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 ah,
2: you know, we just kind of stare at each other all the time. You know, it's just so wonderful, and uh, and then you know then you just start doing life together and you, you start aging and all of a sudden it's like what, what do you mean you know uh, God designed marriage to get better every year and, and we live in this world that says go go to the to, to the couple that's been married a year or two and you'll learn a whole lot about about marriage I'm like no you might learn a lot about it. <laughs> but if you want to learn about marriage you go to the people who've been married fifty years. Keller and Elaine Lohman, stand up. They've been married 50 years. I never got to recognize them. They're finally here today. Stand up. I want to recognize you, all right? Stand up. I appreciate these guys, all right? There you go. And I want you to know, Keller and Elaine, they they celebrate that in the middle of Christmas, and we didn't get to do that in the middle of the service, but I finally got you guys, all right? 50 years. I, I would say you can learn a little bit about marriage from those guys. You know, the discussion when you were young was,
0: ooh, ah.
2: And it did you know, it doesn't feel the same. You know what it feels like today? Oh, how am I getting up the steps today? That's what it feels like, literally. Go talk to Keller. He'll explain a little of that to you. That's what happens as our bodies age, right? And so everything changes. But I'll tell you what, God has given us this relationship. You get to have this relationship with a man and a woman come together, and you get to put Christ at the center. Love begins with priorities. it really does. And so, how do I set priorities? number one i 'm going to give you a couple things to uh, advise here how to set priorities. Number one, write them down. like go home and write them down. Many people don 't know what their priorities are because there's a baseball game next Tuesday, and because I you know Christmas is coming and because Easter's coming, and because all these holidays and all this busyness, right? Write down, what are your priorities? Because the, the next thing that you're going to do with, with your priorities is you're going to, not only are you going to write them down, you're going to prove these priorities. So you may have priorities and say, this is my priority. But if it's a priority, what's my action plan? What, what will I actually do for that? This morning, you came to grow in God. That is a priority for you. You're here. You had to cancel something else. You made this a priority. And I applaud you for that. That's what I'm asking you to do. Go onto your priority list and then make your action plan. Prepare. Number three is prepare to protect those priorities. Our culture doesn't value these things, so therefore we've got to get close with God and we have to build the fortress around our priorities or else they won't be priorities anymore. Uh, your priorities should look something like this. God number one. Put God at the number one. Make Him the center. If you don't, you'll always be Mad, you always be upset because you couldn't meet somebody else's expectations. What I love about having God at the center is I have met his expectation in Jesus Christ. There is nothing that I can do that will gain his favor. He, I, am, I am forgiven. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Um, the next person you put in there is if you're married, you put your spouse there. And then you put your kids. If you have kids, you put your kids there. Uh, not any other way around. Uh, and then then you put your church there. Like, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to serve God. Personally, that's my number one. But then in my church, like, this is, look, look at the level of priority that the church is at. And so you're here. You make it a commitment. You get involved. Um, your extended family and friends, you put your friends into there. And, boy, it's just so easy for us to get these things all out of order. Work and career come there. Your hobbies and your other interests. And I'll tell you what, whoever gets to the top of the list is going to impact your decisions. If God's not at the top, see, when I when I have God at the top, now I can pour into my spouse, I can pour into my kids, I can pour into my church, I can pour into my family and friends. But if I put my family and friends at the top, they don't they're not giving me enough that I can pour into somebody else. If I put my children at the top, I don't get enough from them. I I end up on a Hamster will put your order of priorities and then and then make these a reality, like how is this going to impact your life? You know, uh, just talking about uh, putting your your wife at, right up there, I have God and then my spouse, and so this week we went out we we went out for valentine's day, right, and we were surprised we sat there it was two hours, two hours. I mean she was staring me down, man. It was wonderful, right? Two hours. You know why? Because it was so busy that they couldn't keep up with us. Two hours. This poor waiter, he was like losing his mind. We saw the people coming and going, but, you know, we were just two hours waiting. And we were there, and we just enjoyed the time together, right? And and, and we just spent some time, and there was nobody else getting at us. And we just said this. We said, man, this is like, this is our priority. So for the last 27 years of marriage and probably a year or two before that, We've gone out on Valentine's Day. That's just our deal, right? That's that's to us. It's a special day, and so we we got babysitters when the kids were little, and then not just on Valentine's Day, but many other days throughout the year. And just said, hey, we need time together. And many of those dates were at Chick Fil A. You know, listen, I'll tell you. When we were young, we went to uh, we used to go to Olive Garden, and I, I I'm not lying. You talk to my wife. This is real deal. We go to Olive Garden, and they used to give the breadsticks for free back in those days. And so I'd buy the salad and a drink, and went, like I'd get out of there for six bucks. Unlimited salad and breadsticks. And you know what it was? It was just time for her to stare at me. It was so wonderful, you know? And uh, time for me to stare at her, and we just got together. But as you put that as your priority, but listen, if I put that as my number one, I'd be mad because I can't get there all the time. And I'd be mad because I'd fall short. But I've got a God who loves me more, more than my wife can even possibly love me, and that's pretty good because we've been together a long time. Um, put your priorities in order, and th- and then listen. John fourteen fifteen. Jesus said this: If you love me, you'll keep my commands. He said, "If you love me, it's more than lip service. If you love me, you're gonna. It's gonna impact your world. And so as we love God, it's gonna. Cause sacrifice. It's going to cause us to make change. It's going to cause us to to look at our priorities. It's going to look at my day. It's uh, and you know, and there's ebb and flow to your schedule. Ebb and flow to all this. But check this out. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And so then we've got to protect it. We've got to make this go down strong. It's got to be deep in Jesus Christ. Look what the psalmist said in Psalm chapter one. And I love this in closing this morning. Look at this verse. These verses here, because this is how. You put Christ at the center. He says, Blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But what he was saying was, he doesn't go there. Blessed is the man who's not surrounding himself. His inner circle is not the people who are the ungodly. His inner circle is not that. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Do you see the priority, folks? If my priority is for my wife to be happy, I'm not meditating on the law of the Lord day and night. If my priority is for my friends and my church to be happy, uh, number one has got to be meditating on the law of the Lord, on his word. And he's given us this manual. It's so powerful. He shall be like a tree if he does that. The light is on the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. There's the success, folks. And that doesn't mean that there's no pain. It doesn't mean that, oh, you're going to be rich. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be this beautiful fairy tale marriage. But it means that when your life goes into God and your tree is planted by the river, did you ever see a tree by the river? Did you ever go along that the river's bank and you see the roots sticking out and the dirt is all faded away out there and it's ugly and it's dark but it's strong. And it's going down deep for that water. I want to invite you today to the water that you'll drink of That will never leave you empty. Come to the water. Like Jesus told the woman at the well. The living water. When you drink this. You'll never be thirsty again. This will change your life. But we got to drink it. You got to drink it. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. I want to invite you to Jesus. Like. It's what you came here. You're looking for him today. I want to invite you to rearrange your priorities. If your spouse is in that number one spot, would you just pencil in Jesus right above him or her? But Would you come and, and rearrange? And if your kids are in a higher priority than your spouse, would you just rearrange that and put Jesus, then my spouse, then my kids? And go home and evaluate your priorities. Like, get alone with God. This isn't something you do while you're in the drive through line. This is something you do when you're alone with God. And, like, get quiet. Say, God, what, what really is my life about? Who is at the center of my life? Is it, is it the approval of, of any other human? Or, or is it the approval of God? And I've already been approved by God. By His grace. If you're here this morning and you've not trusted Christ, I want to invite you to, to trust Him. If you'd pray something like this and start this, start this relationship with Him. Pray something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. I've offended Your holiness. But You, God, You died on the cross. Jesus paid for my sin and He rose again the third day. And I humble myself in the sight of your holiness. And I accept you. Thank you for loving me. And for others in this room this morning, maybe your prayer is, Lord, help me with my priorities. Maybe you had good intentions and just become pray to every wind of everything that's happening in your life. In the meantime, God's got something so deep. He wants to start on your inside. Just take a minute with Him. Then we'll close in prayer. God, we thank you. Thank you for this awesome gift of marriage, for the awesome gift of relationships. Thank you for the gift of singleness out there today, Lord. I, I, I thank you that, that you have given us in your word how to do this. It's by putting Jesus at the center. Lord, I pray that you'll be with each one as we struggle through building relationships, building families, building friends. Lord, help us to put you at the very center. And, God, I pray that you will impact our beliefs, impact our values, which will impact our actions. Instead of me going out and trying to change my actions, Lord, I'm going to come right to you because you'll work at that core. And as you change me at the core, you're going to change me from the inside out. You're going to do that with our people, Lord. I pray for all of us today. God, we are, none of us are perfect. None of us have figured out marriage. None of us have figured out family. We're just trying to follow you. But God, we'll, we're going to start by putting you at the, at the top. And we're going to trust you. that You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again. And therefore, I am always secure. And I am always okay because of who you are. Lord, be with your people as we dismiss. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Would you greet a few people around you? God bless you. You are dismissed.